I'm here. I'm here with my boss, Mary Vermillion. Hi, Neil. Hi. It's good to see you. Good to see you too. And I'm um, looking forward to hearing the conversations that you recorded for this issue of the podcast because it's a really um, important time for us to reflect on. Yeah. November it, 2021. Yeah. Last year, um, if if you remember in the audience, we had um, some extensive flooding throughout the county, mm-hmm. but specifically. Sumas got hit really hard. Yeah, yeah, and our library um, has been closed since that time. Yeah, um, and just like so many of the people who live out there in Sumas, Everson area, um, just working together to try to recover from what's really been a traumatic um, flood episode and incident that has disrupted people's lives and certainly has changed how we're delivering library services to the um, residents of Sumas. Yeah, the whole I mean, the whole community was affected, um, but we wanted to go out there. We wanted to recognize this anniversary, mm-hmm. as it were, um, and so we, with the help of of Paul Fulner, our Sumas branch manager, mm-hmm. um, we gathered up a couple of Sumas uh, citizens mm-hmm. to talk about it and. Um, we got we got Penny Leanders, mm-hmm. who was a former uh, library staff member. Yeah, she was the manager at the. She Sumas was the manager branch. at yeah. Sumas for, and she worked for the library for mm-hmm. forty two years. Amazing. Yeah, so we have her telling you know a little bit of you know what her experience was and leading into what the future's going to be like, and then we also have. Carl Krauss, who has written a book called The Waters Are Rising, and it's a collection of stories from the the um, community of Sumas. Yeah, it's amazing um, that he, you know, because of the position he was in, you know, being a volunteer there and uh, with his church, which was a gathering place for the community, he was able to talk to people and gather those reflections for this book. And he's doing a couple I know I'll talk about this in the podcast, too, but he's doing a couple of presentations. And, of course, you can borrow the book from the library, but he'll be at um, the Sumas Library on February 15th and the Everson Library on March 4th um, talking about the book. So those are some dates people can can be on the lookout for. Yeah, that'll be really exciting. He he, he gave a powerful interview, mm. both both um, he and Penny. Uh, yeah. Told some good stories and... You could feel the emotion in in their voices. Sure, it's still really present for people. And I think that's one reason why um, we wanted to just mark this moment. Um, It happened a year ago, but it's still very present for people who live in the Sumas area. And, you know, we can't just say, yeah, that was last year. I mean, it's still still happening. And, of course, um, there's been a lot of people working together to, to recover from the flood. And for some people, you know, they've moved out of Whatcom County. I mean, it's it's really traumatic and um, has impacted the community there. And as the library system, we've been um, really grateful for the support of community members who donated to the Sumas Library Recovery Fund um, to help us bridge that gap between the insurance uh, money that we received due to the flooding and have been working carefully with um, the city of Sumas, who owns the building that we're in, mm-hmm. where the library is. And um balancing all the many things they have on their list of things to get done with, you know, how we can get the library building open again. Lots of our colleagues have been working on that, working with the city of Sumas to get the library building open 
In the meantime, of course, we've been delivering library services with the Bookmobile there every Friday. And um, there's also been a book drop, some really innovative stuff happening out there. Um, you know, of course, Wi-Fi is available 24-7 and people can do their holds pickup in the parking lot. So service has continued, but it's different. And the and the life is different for people who live in Sumas. And so I'm sure these are going to be really emotional and um, um, moving stories that you've collected. They, they they definitely are. And the the thing that I think holds it all together is you can see the resilience of this community. Yeah. They will find a way. Mm-hmm. We will find a way mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that's the point of this podcast episode. Great. Great. Yeah. And I just, you know, we are, of course, committed to getting the library building open again as quickly as we can and just working with all the many moving parts and people who are making things happen in SUMAS, but just listeners know that um, the library system staff are working very hard to get that building open again. And and when it's open soon, we hope Mm -hmm. we will have a party and and welcome everybody out and, um, and so look forward to welcoming back the people of SUMAS to their library building. It'll be a, we'll have a great celebration for sure that we will. And, yeah. and a well-deserved celebration. Yeah. Meanwhile, we are, you know, our hearts go out to everyone in Sumas and um, we're really proud and fortunate to be part of the community out there. And um, this podcast is for all of you and for anyone who was affected by the flooding. And if you have other stories to share, just let us know. Yes, please do. Mm-hmm. You can find our, my email address on our podcast uh, page yeah. at wcls.org slash podcast. But in the meantime, let's listen to uh, Paul Fulner talking with uh, Penny and Carl. Great. Sounds good. Thanks, Neil. Okay. All right. So I'm Paul Fulner. I'm the manager at the Everson and Sumas Libraries. And I'm here today with two longtime Sumas residents. Uh, Penny Leanders was the first a page and then worked her way up the ranks to be the branch manager of the Sumas Library. She retired in 2008 after what? 42 years. 2010. Okay. After 42 years with the Whatcom County Library System. And I'm also here with Carl Krauss, who is a retired pastor from Sumas Advent Christian. He's been a force for good in Sumas for decades, and he and his family are well known out there. Um, Carl has just done a book, so we're going to be talking about that. Penny um, is a longtime resident of Sumas, was the uh, manager of the library out there, like I mentioned, and uh, we might talk a little bit about the old days, but mostly we're here to talk about the flood. So it's one year later, and a year ago, uh, Neil was here, and he was interviewing Deb Morgan and I about the flood that had just gone down. I started hearing rumors that there's another flooding incident coming. From One of my neighbors said something, and I started asking around, and sure enough, they were saying, oh, this is going to be a big one like the one two years ago. I really thought it was going to be similar to the one we had before. Now that one in 2020, it came up to the library, but did and, it go inside? It didn't go inside at all. Okay. They, they, it, they totally barricaded it with the sandbag, and I have pictures of it. It just looked like a little long island in the middle of a lake. <laughs> so I went in there to the library, and I said, look, we have to empty the bottom two selves in case it floods. 
Anything below your knees has to go up. And I walked around and thought, you know, I think we should move things even more. <laughs> and I went around the whole library pulling up more books. Because it just didn't feel right. Because I remember being told that in 1990 there was a flood before I worked there. And it was um, quite a bit higher than the one in two years ago. And I still didn't really think it was going to amount to that much. We're home, and we waited. We're here a year later, and we were hoping that this would be a, a looking back kind of a kind of a thing. So I wanted to hear a little bit uh, from Carl. Um, tell us a little bit about your book project and how you gathered the stories and how you found the people. Who, who shared their stories with you. The book is uh, called The Waters Are Rising. comes from a quotation. It's meant to be a positive you know, description. The waters are rising, but so am I. I'm not going under, but over. And the book really is a celebration of the people and their stories and their strength. I felt like the people and their stories were worth writing down. And because I know Sue Mass and I was in Sue Mass, I make no apology that the entire book is from my perspective. I had allowed my own narration. I spent a lot of time, my house is actually in Nooksack. During the flood itself, I felt like I was in the middle of the river, but my heart was in Sue Mass, but it took me two days before I could get there. <laughs> And being part of the church in Sioux, Mass., I mean, the classic story is just wild when you think about it, is that our church building never floods, and it's always been the um, shelter for the community available when there has been a flood. And so there were about 75 people, and the water came into the building, and those 75 people had to be evacuated, mm -hmm. and it's just, you know, crazy. Um but the water also receded quickly, uh, you know, within a day or so out of the building. And so the building still became the center for um, the police department, the fire department, the, the city hall. And so I came two days later when I could get out from my house and we had a resource center of, of items that were needed at the moment. Mm -hmm. And... Um, I, it, yeah, everyone just kind of took a job without anyone appointing anyone, and I basically became the greeter for three months in the resource center. So, mm -hmm. you know, I was given the best job, and that was to talk to people. So just hearing all the stories and what people went through, I felt like it was worth writing down. And so it's a lot of testimonies and eyewitness accounts and photographs. I wanted as many names as I could in the book, because even though my name might be on the front, it really should have, you know, the 40, 60 names on the front. Right. Well, let me pause you there for a second. So you talked about all the volunteer efforts that were going on in the yes. church and the immediate response. How many, how many people were in there? How many organizations? How many just community members that wanted to help? Was it? Oh, and among the volunteers, yeah. I mean, there must have been, uh, I, 
in the resource center giving away, there must have been 30 involved, but there was also food being prepared, and there right. were 15, 20 people in there. Then that's there not were, counting transportation no, and other things? No, no. I mean, and they came from all sorts of churches and organizations and just showed up. One man came daily for probably two months from Fairhaven. He just wanted to be there. Nice. <laughs> And he didn't know anyone in the community. He just wanted to give his time. Mm -hmm. So I had a similar situation here for Everson where all of a sudden access was a real issue. Right? We just couldn't get into the town. And all those many ways that usually we have to get in and out of Everson and in and out of Sumas, they were suddenly underwater. Um, what was it like for you on the outside and for your church parishioners on the inside during those two days when you just didn't have access to some it, it was very difficult for me because, you know, literally that night, it was the water was far deeper than it ever been at my house. And I knew it wouldn't get into my house. It was under my house. But it's 40 feet difference between my house and Sumas. I mean, it would have to fill up all of Sumas on every field in between. Right. <laughs> and I was up at least every hour and a half, two hours, just looking into the dark and saying, right. this is bad. Yep. <laughs> I just innately knew it was, instinctively knew it was just bad. I never dreamed it would get into the building of the church because we're on the south part of the right. city. Right. It tends to go into the middle and head north and kind of spread towards the south, but more focused on the on the north and into Canada. And so it just never occurred to me it would get into the building. Um, next day I learned it was in the building mm -hmm. and I, I just felt helpless and just lost because I'm wired to help <laughs> not being able to do anything. Right. It, it was it was very, very difficult. And you know, I didn't you know, again I'm not patting myself on the back, but so we had water in our crawl space. Right. <laughs> that that was pretty minor because I started hearing stories of uh, you know, it wasn't until later when I started talking to people how fast and deep it really was. It wasn't just how much, but it was how fast. Right. It was like probably on your street, Penny, you probably, because yours was, I mean, it was just 25 miles an hour. One person was guessing right in your area, and it was just fast. Let's pivot to you for a second, Penny. Okay. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your story and your experience of the flood? Oh. I'll probably start crying. <laughs> That's okay. okay. Um, we had, um, the officials said it wasn't going to flood as bad because it was going to be like right. the last year. So we've had floods before in our garage and sheds and under the house, but never in the house, never. And hmm, I didn't think I'd do this. <laughs> But um, 9.30, I think it was 9 o'clock that morning, the, the siren blew or something that it was or earlier that it was coming. And it didn't take very long before it came down our street. And it kept coming and coming and coming. And pretty, pretty soon you um, see water coming in your, in your home. 
can. This is devastating. <sighs> Sorry about that. <sighs> yeah. Um, it was, it was cold too. It was, the water was really cold and my husband was worried about the gal across the street. And, you know, she's lower than we are. And she had three feet in her home. And so my husband was going to step out and he had his waders on. And I said, please don't, you know, get off. It was up to the, all the way up to the stairs and the front steps. And so he just kind of went out. But we heard later when the when the rescue boat had to, I think we got rescued at 3.30 that afternoon. It came at 9, 9.30 in the morning. And when we got rescued, the 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 person on the Whatcom rescue told my husband, if you would have stepped out, you would have been swept away because yep. the water yep. would have gotten your, in the waders. So from there, we got rescued by the boat. And you're, I mean, before that, you see all this water kept coming in. It's down in one corner. And then it would gradually get into all the other rooms. And we started, well, we had started picking up stuff. We picked up more as much as we could. And then um, after we got rescued, that was quite a boat ride, I'll tell you, because it was pretty rough. And then we went to Carl's church, and we thought, oh, we're going to be safe here. But it was probably 10 minutes later we had to leave. And we had friends come that had a big tractor, and we had to, I can't even remember, but we went in the, how we got out of out of the church into the this big tractor in the bucket. Mm -hmm. My husband and I and someone else, they yep. rescued us and yep. took us out to the ball, past the ballpark. Yep. And then our friends, um, we stayed that night. We stayed with a couple friends from our church, stayed there two nights. And then from there, we had to leave there because they, her, their other relatives were needing a place to stay. So from there, we went to our other friends for two more nights, and then she was having family come. So then we had to go back to this, the home in Sumas, back to our friends in Sumas. We could uh, finally get to them, and I think we stayed there a week. But the flood happened on Monday, and Wednesday we had two of our friends come from our Bible study, and one of the ladies took all the pictures and another lady helped me later on. She helped me uh, put it on, a, on the computer because we had to list everything. The only thing we could save was um, our bedroom set we saved, but it kind of got marked up. Mm -hmm. the, and um, we saved the TV and our fridge and and. Our freezer, which is f 40 years old, it's still working in our fridge, too. <laughs> yeah, so, but we had our, we belonged to a Bible study care group. They came in on the fourth day, on that Thursday, and they started packing everything up for us. Mm. Yeah, we didn't have to do a thing. We just sat there and watched them do all this. They told my husband to go outside and just spray the driveway off. Yeah, but it was very emotional and heartbreaking. And um, and from there, we had a place that we have a little trailer at Beachwood. 
So we stayed there for the next three and a half months. And this gal that belongs to our Bible study group, her brother had just retired from the state patrol. And so he came in that Saturday and they asked him if he would like the job to fix it. Sure, he said, I'd love to do it. So he did it all himself. And now my house is just gorgeous. I got a brand new kitchen. It's just beautiful. And a dishwasher for the first time in my life. It's turned out really, it's turned out really wonderful. So yeah, it's blessings and in, in spite of the hardships. So that was a rough chapter. Um, maybe maybe we're not quite out of it. I suppose it doesn't feel like ancient history no. yet, does it? No. no. Um, it's pretty raw to a lot it of people. It's, it's really raw. I'm I'm curious. How did you? How did they know to rescue you? Were people calling for rescue? Were you able to make a call out? Were they just checking house to house? Um, Carla, our neighbor, the one that got three feet in her home, she got a hold of the mayor, and that was Kyle Christensen at that time, and she got a hold of him. And then as she's leaving in the boat, she says, I'm going to tell Kyle that you need to be rescued. So it was 3.30 that day, I think, and then they rescued us, and they rescued Deborah Morgan and her, her family too. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, otherwise I don't know what we would have done because we had no way of getting out. At one point, there was a waiting list of 100 families waiting. They were calling into 911, and I thought it was, you know, one of the amazing things is, you know, City Hall was flooded. Mm-hmm. Right. So they uh, they had no phones. They had no, all they had was Facebook. And so Kyle mm-hmm. yeah. uh, went ahead and published his personal phone number. And so he's he says, <laughs> you know, yeah. guiding some of the people through you know, some in their attic, mm-hmm. some, I mean, because yeah. there were people that had up to seven feet. Oh. I mean, just amazing. Mm-hmm. One one woman had a few inches in the um, uh, Super Bowl flood of 2020, mm-hmm. and everyone said it's going to be like the Super Bowl I flood. Know. That was the right. benchmark, mm-hmm. including all the city people. That's true. And so she put sandbags around her house up to two feet thinking well this is overkill she went to a hotel in bellingham because she didn't want to live through it again came home there but five feet in her house i know my husband told their neighbor kids they were just a young couple and they had a brand new truck and a brand new car and he told them you kids better get your vehicles moved out we had moved ours out and they said oh no it's not going to be as bad well they lost both of their vehicles. Well, I want to change tack a little bit because I can see on your faces and in your eyes that the memories of, you know, the event itself and the immediate aftermath are still painful and Mm -hmm. raw, right? These are not things under the bridge. But here we are a year later and perhaps we've got at least one eye toward the future Mm-hmm. Um, where are you finding hope in SUMAS in 2022? Um, one practical um, good thing is the Wacom um, Long-Term Recovery Group. And they've hired, I believe, eight case managers because everyone's story or everyone's need is different. 
initially it was clean up, <laughs> don't let mold come in. Right. Be, or initially it was save your life, right. literally. Mm-hmm. Clean up. But it didn't take long before everyone's story is different. The insurance, the mm-hmm. you know, the applications that they put in, the specifics of their home. And so there's case managers, which I think is great hope, and there's great things coming, I believe. Um, you know, looking at bringing in teams of people with expertise from around the country to, like, do— I think they've identified 50 homes that just need help. Probably more, but, you know, do the drywall, you know, for three months or electrical or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And so just that there is practical help gives great hope. And um, and for me, too, just listening to people's stories. I mean, that's what this book is. But the one couple that they just moved in a month before the flood, just a block from the church. And the only reason they're staying, and he is a... Uh, a builder by trade, mm-hmm. so he's doing the work himself. It's still far more than what they can afford, but um, says the only reason they're staying is because of the support of the community. You know, that's that's their. It's, you know, it's like we got to stay because we found such, and this is our home. Yeah. <laughs> and so the people, and the practical steps that are being taken. To, to help with the specific needs. What is, I know for, for a lot of people, it's there's family ties or there's, you know, they've just been there for decades, right? Um, and, you know, from an outsider looking at it is really, yeah, like you said, it's really easy to say, why would they stay? Um Tell me a little bit more about kind of the magic of Sumas. What is it that drew you there? And what is it that keeps people there? Well, I got my first job at the library, and I was there for 42 years. So it's got a lot of good memories. And I love my job when I worked. I don't think I ever had a bad day. And so I know the people love the people. It's kind of changed now. I don't know since I'm not working. I don't know as many people as I used to. But Unfortunately, losing some of the neighbors through right. the flood, too. Yeah. Like the Morgans mm-hmm. next door. Yeah. For it to Penny. Yeah. They were our neighbors, so. Mm-hmm. It's been hard on Deborah, too, having to leave, so. Um, I don't know. I just love it. Yeah. Uh, for me, I'd very much say it's community. It is affirming. It's caring. Um, you know, to me, even, you know, one of the people I interviewed for the book is uh, Daniel DeBryan, oh. the chief of police. And, you know, he's he had tears in his eyes as he's talking. This is months after the fact. Mm-hmm. And he just cares deeply about the community. Uh, in Sumas, if you're not familiar with where it's located, it's you no know, half hour from Bellingham, and we've discovered that we kind of need to be all things to all people because we're small and far away. Mm-hmm. And so from a nonprofit status, 
you know, we keep each other informed as to what each other is doing so we don't duplicate things. We, you know, try and work together. You know, we can't provide a meal every day, but we can several times a week <laughs> through the yeah. different people working together. So, Carl, you have this new book out, and uh, we're going to be having a couple of presentations with you in libraries. So I think we're doing uh, one in Sumas because that's where Correct. it happened, and one in Everson, because they were impacted, too. Absolutely. So if somebody comes out to one of those events, uh, what, what should they expect? I'll be talking a little bit about the book, you know, how it came to be, why I wrote it, uh, you know, how I feel like it's really a book by the community in many ways, and um, just share a little bit about just the impact I hope it has, you know, on people been getting a lot of, you know, wonderful feedback, very humbling, some good feedback. Uh, probably the biggest um, affirmation was the person that talked about all the tears it brought, and it made me realize it was interesting. It wasn't till the end that I was finishing up the word PTSD came up. Since then, as we've gotten closer to the anniversary, it comes up all the time. But it's almost like it was a good thing. I didn't write it with that in mind. Mm. But what I'm discovering is that there are people that you can't ignore your heartfelt feelings. And it's not going to go away if you pretend like it's not there. And it's almost like they're reading some of the stories and what other people have said. It's a good thing. Because <laughs> tears are a good thing. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so that's a, you know very much a blessing. Wish I could have written about every community, but Sumas is what I know. So <laughs> that's yeah. that's the way it is. Now, are you going to have books available for sale at these events? I, I will have books for sale. There also be they want pe people want me to wait till I have the um, print copies in hand. But I, I'm very happy that the um, Sumas Drugstore is going to have a book signing, and they just want to. I think they're probably going to end up wanting to charge twenty five dollars and. The, you know, my cost for the book itself will come to me, but the rest will go to the Wacom Long-Term Recovery Group for continuing flood relief efforts. Fantastic. Because they're doing just wonderful work. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the, the needs are a little bit greater than they were. They're right. not as widespread, but people just running out of resources. Right. And being vetted very carefully, and so it's a very good thing. Um, Connections Bookstore in Linden will also have a book sign, and the same thing. They're not taking any money because any profits, proceeds will go to the uh, uh, long-term recovery group. So I should mention that uh, Carl's book is called The Waters Are Rising. Author is Carl Kraus. It's available now through the library. You can find it on our website at wcls.org. You can also find the upcoming events that uh, Carl will be doing at the Everson and Sumas Libraries on our events calendar there. I hope you'll join us at one of those in-person events so that you can uh, see Carl face-to-face, -face, hear some of these stories, and perhaps pick up a copy of the book on your own. Um, even if you check out that nice library copy, you can still make donations. And what was the name of that organization again? Wacom Long-Term Recovery Group. Formerly, it was called Wacom Strong. Perfect. <laughs> that, right. That's the same group. Thanks, Carl. Okay. So, Penny, I do not want to let you go before we kind of talk about the good old days at <laughs> Sumas. Because I don't think we've <laughs> captured you on video or on tape. Um, and you are an institution at that library. You were there for decades. 
So when when did you start at SUMAS? I started in 1968. Oh, man. Uh, my neighbor lady hired me to shelve books. The SUMAS Christian School would come once a week, and I'd work for two hours a day, or two hours a week, I mean, helping uh, mostly shelving books. Okay. So you were, you were a page then? I was a page. Okay. That's, that's the name of the job. Um, at what point did you move up the ranks? Did you go straight to manager or was there a step in between? It was called public service assistant. Okay. And that was in 1972, if I remember right. Well, you put in the years. Yeah. (laughs) And then after that, um, I became manager. Okay. I just worked my way up and I loved it. So you were manager from... Well, in 1972, they were we were called public service manager. Gotcha. And then, it, then after that, it went to branch manager. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I have a lot of good memories. I don't think there was any day I didn't want to come to work. So Nice. Yeah. So I want to show you a few pictures from, um, these are just a few that I, okay. I grabbed from the Washington State uh Washington Rural Heritage okay. website. These are things that we've uploaded there, um, you know, because we, we do that. We're a library. Um, this one's back in 1972. Um, that's you wearing a rather short skirt. Right. Is that, is that back, in your, <laughs> back in the page days? Yeah, that's now, is, true. That looks like it must be some kind of a Christmas party or something. Um, mm-hmm. So here's another picture from 75. This is not the current building. Um I saw in a note that this was City Hall. Is that correct? Okay. Mm -hmm. So is that the City Hall building that the city just moved out of, or is that a different City Hall building? No, that's the same City Hall. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then 1990, we moved to the new building on 2nd Street. How how big was the library when it was in the City Hall building? It was just, you know, one room? Just one room. Kind of a big room, but not too big. They have, I think they have... um, court in that room now okay but maybe it's changed since it got flooded i'm right. not sure right yeah. so the the move to the to the building in 1990 that was an upgrade that was but yeah. then we got flooded right yeah i've got a i've got a nice little picture of you you know waving waving oh, people in the door that, in 1990 there's our old logo and our old yeah, right. uh, kind of orangey yellow and black signage that was a good decade yeah. um, but that's in 1990 and I mean, the, those, that Sumas Library label right. is still painted on those oh, doors. I've been, I've been looking at it going, oh, man, do I keep that? Do I oh. keep that? I think that's going to be our nod to the past. Oh. It wasn't but. supposed to flood. That's why they built it there. Ha. It was on the flood zone. <laughs> that worked well. And then that, a few months later, it flooded. Yeah. Yeah. That was in 1990. Six, there was six feet uptown all over. And then my husband even came and helped clean up. We had to throw away 1,300 books out of the library. 13? Not, okay. Yeah, 1,300. I'm not going to tell you how many we threw away this time. Oh, really? So it was oh. a little deeper. It, was it discussed then? I mean, were people talking about flooding in 1990 before the 1990 flood? No. It wasn't something you considered all. that much? I don't think. No. Never worried about it. And now okay. it got flooded this past year at three feet in it. Right. Almost three feet. So right. I mean you you've 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 been through this before. Yes, two floods. And yeah, right, this is but your then, second one. Um, on November twenty fourth of nineteen ninety, the siren went off again at mm-hmm. two AM in the morning. We had to go and we hadn't even moved back into the library yet. So Now did water make in, it in the second time? No, it didn't. Okay. No, but so. everybody was on edge. Yeah. 
I mean, we, we know what that's like now. Later. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Well, brilliant. Well, here we're going to move. There's some there's some oh. flood shots. Those look a lot like the the flood shots that uh, we have now, except it, it was even a little bit deeper. Mm-hmm. Couldn't see the bumpers on the cars this time. Yeah. Here's Liz Berger. Can you tell me anything about her? She was another Sumas. Yeah, she was uh, worked at the Linden Library in the Everson in Sumas. She was uh, my assistant. Worked quite a few years. Nice. So yeah. she worked all those branches at once. Like Sumas was I a think part so. time. Yeah. Okay. Part time and Linden was part time and. Everson was part-time. Now, were you at Sumas all the time, or did you do shifts at other branches when you were I worked manager? at um, Everson one day a week, and the rest of the time I was the manager. When I came to Everson, I was an assistant, so that was lots of fun. Which library was your favorite? Sumas. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I did have, I loved working with Diane Thorne. She was my manager at Everson. And then Eileen. So we had some good... I remember Susie Klander worked with me. She used to work on the Bookmobile. Yeah. She's, she's still a patron. Yeah. We'd work together on Tuesdays. We'd have so much fun. We'd, somebody would come up and ask us a question. I mean, this is being silly. We, <laughs> oh, we don't... We just work here. We don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> I got to try that one out. Yeah. Now, did the Bookmobile do anything in Sumas at that time? In the 1990, it came. Yeah. So it was did. that... Was that just a regular stop? Like they would come to no, the library? No, they made or? a special once a week. Now, and was that when you were in the old building where no. it was a lot smaller? That was in the, the new, new building. building Interesting. After we flooded, the okay. Bill came probably three days a week. That's the days we were open. So. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, was, so you're saying that that was when you guys were rebuilding? Right. Rebuilding. Okay. They came out. Mm-hmm. Now, did you have to do a lot with the rebuilding process, or? Yeah, I cleaned up a lot. Okay, yeah, so it was hands-on. Yeah, our friends group came in right away and helped and and had to work with the city. and mm-hmm. Yeah, they were very helpful, though. How long did that process take, do you remember? Was, um, it, was it months and months? Did it, it drag was, on? Or? It happened November 10th, and we moved back January 21st. And my <laughs> husband helped, Paul and John. I think it must have been John Halliday. He was the man. Yeah, he was the director at director. that time. He yep. came and helped also, so we had a lot of help. Good. Well, yeah. and it was a community effort, it right. sounds like. it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had a little different experience this time. A Did lot you? of contractors. Oh. Because everybody was impacted. That's right. right. So yeah. it was a little different. Mm-hmm. So here's the last picture I've got. This is the, you know, for, for recent staff, we think about the 75th anniversary as the last thing we celebrated. This is the 60th anniversary 60th? back in 2007. Um, looks like you guys had quite the party. I think we had a lot of parties. When I was there 40 <laughs> years, we had a party. In 25 years, I had a party. And yes, we had a good time. Well, thank you to both for joining us. And I know this is always rough, but you guys did fantastic. Yeah. Carl, we're going to see you again at our future programs. And uh, Penny, thank you for joining us and sharing sharing some of your memories. Sorry, I cried. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean... You're welcome. I think we have all cried, so no worries. Thank you so much for joining us today. That's our show. I want to thank our guests, Carl Kraus and Penny Leenders, and special thanks to Sumas and Everson branch manager, Paul Fulner, for hosting this conversation at the Friends of the Everson Library Warehouse. Be sure to pick up a copy of Carl's book, The Waters Are Rising, Stories of Inspiration and Hope from the Sumas, Washington Flood of November 2021. You can place a hold on the book 
through the library or purchase it at one of Carl's presentations coming up in February and March 2023 at the Sumas and Everson Libraries. For more information about the Whatcom Long-Term Recovery Group, formerly Whatcom Strong, you can find a link at our website at wcls.org podcast. If you have comments, questions, ideas, or gentle criticisms of the podcast, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you. My email address is on the podcast webpage. Thanks, of course, to my boss, Mary Vermillion. The waters are rising, but so am I. I am not going under, but over. Until next time, thank you, friends.